Sooner fans, Longhorn Nation, welcome to episode 25 of the Boomer Bebo podcast, the only podcast exclusively dedicated to covering the greatest rivalry in college football, the University of Oklahoma and the University of Texas. Kevin, I want to start with a big shout out to the mental health community in Norman, Oklahoma. A number of behavioral therapists reached out to me, offering me discounts on working through my childhood trauma that I mentioned in the last episode, and I want to appreciate all of those folks. Are you Um, going to take them up on that? Listen, I've been through so much therapy and medication that I don't know if anything's going to work except a victory on Saturday, to be honest. But I do, hey, you know what? Maybe. We'll see. If the loss happens, I might need all the help I can get. Um, But Kevin, the big news today is it is looking 90-10, 95-5, that Quinn Ewers is your guy rolling into the Cotton Bowl? Is this confirmed? I don't know if it's confirmed because Sark hasn't said it, right? And he's not going to say it, but the reports are flowing out there that Quinn Ewers will be back on Saturday expecting to start the game. Expected to start the game, rather. Okay, for... Longhorn fan, what does that do to your offense? For Sooner fan, what do we need to change defensively when we go when when you transition from card to yours? What opens up the downfield passing game a little bit more? Card has struggled overall with the deep ball. He's missed Xavier Worthy a few times, several times this year, really on some of those deep shots that really define Sark's offense. They like to run the ball and set up those play actions on go routes and those deep crossing routes. And Quinn is better than that. At least so far, he's shown to be better than that in the first quarter of the Alabama game. It's a little bit more consistent uh, with the downfield passing game. So that's really what it opens up. He's got elite arm talent, the ability to fit passes um, exactly where the receiver needs him to be, even against good coverage, which we saw against Alabama. Again, small sample size, but the talent is there. So does this mean Oklahoma is going to – were we already going to have to respect the pass with Card? It was just going to look different? Or does this open up the passing game quite a bit and we're not going to be able to key in on Bijan as much as maybe we thought if Card was the one Yeah, player? I think that's the big difference is instead of being able to just key on Bijan and just Worthy, right, I think you have to be aware because Quinn can make some of these throws at Hudson Card for all his skill – can't just can't make you know what I mean he can make the deep over the shoulder throw even against good coverage so you have to respect the deep pass even much more than you did with card so again that's going to draw some attention away from Bijan and potentially could open up some big plays in the running game too okay so Oklahoma's last two games we did not look good defending the quarterback run uh Either either game, K-State, it was like a continued onslaught of quarterback run. And against TCU, it was a couple of really big busts. Um, is yours, I know he's athletic, I, you know, whatever. He's not a statue back there by any means. But I wouldn't think, and you can correct me, I wouldn't think he's Mr. Dual Threat. And especially if he's hurt, I'm imagining he's not going to want to put himself in a lot of positions. Can we... Correct. Can we minimize? Does Oklahoma at least get to think they might be able to minimize the threat of the of the quarterback run game? 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Card brings that threat. Card is actually a lot faster than you would think he is. But um, Ewers, no, he he wants to stay back there in the pocket. But again, Sark prefers his quarterbacks to make plays from the pocket, you know, than to run and make plays with their feet. He'll take it, especially you know, if the play breaks down, it's on third down. Card has been really good about that, picking up some pretty big first downs on third and long so far this season. But again, I think Sark prefers the quarterback to be in the pocket making plays down the field. So, but with Ewers, though, it does definitely minimize the threat of a quarterback run, even on a third and long. So, what that tells me is, may I don't know. I, I, what's up is down, and down is up right now with Oklahoma. It's hard to know what the heck we're thinking, or you know what they're thinking, what they're even doing. Through the first three games, we were getting tremendous pressure on the quarterback. Uh, we were coming out of each of those games talking about Reggie Grimes, Ethan Downs. Jalen Redman, um, seeing Stutzman flying around making plays. Aguebu was really solid in the linebacker spot. Uh, Deshaun White was was uh, at at times putting a lot of pressure on the quarterback coming from that cheetah position. Through the first two conference games, the defensive line has been non-existent. I mean almost zero pressures on the quarterback. I don't think we, we didn't get one tackle for loss slash sack against Adrian Martinez. I think we got one sack against Mac, Max Duggan. And I think we had to blitz seven just to get that sack. Um, So if we've eliminated the, and I'm just, just walk, you know, just let me kind of think this out. Right. So we've, the, the threat of the quarterback run may be a little more minimized is your offensive line going to present the same issues to Oklahoma's defensive line that we've seen from K-State and TCU? Well, that's that's the biggest question mark for Texas, especially we talked about it in one of our earlier episodes this week. The interior of the Texas offensive line has been up and down. The two guards in the center. Okay, so I think if there's a, a part that they want to – oh, you're going to want to exploit, it's going to be there. Maybe do some twists and stunning. you got young guys out there, so they haven't seen everything yet. So maybe with some creative twists and stunts, kind of like what Brent used to run, uh, that could be a way to get pressure on. I know, but hey, listen, those those guys that were on that D line last year, that was a difference in the ball game. Well, and, you know, next in the second half. What was interesting about Grinch's defense um, is against Texas, he was pretty good. You know, I mean, I guess we gave up forty five points. So, but it, at times, especially in the second half last year. At, mm-hmm. In 2020, prior to y'all coming back, um, in the in like with four minutes to go in the fourth, up till four minutes to go in the fourth quarter, they had been a pretty good defense. They had held uh, you guys in check in 2020. Really good performance. So, you know, Grinch had that. You're right. I don't know if it was the cup. You know, the stunts that he was doing. Uh, Venables can get creative on the blitz game, especially out of those zone blitz packages. Correct. It's just going to be interesting to see if Texas can pick it up and if we're willing to risk it with Worthy, uh, Whittington, and the and the tight end out there that could possibly burn us. It's a really interesting chess match. Bringing Ewers back, I hope I'm right. Maybe I'm saying this just out of self-preservation, right? But I hope I'm right in that he's a freshman and – I'm hoping the environment can get to him at least a little bit for Oklahoma, because if it doesn't, 
I'm, I'm kind of nervous that he could really pick us apart. Like he looked like he was able to do against Alabama. We didn't see, we didn't get to see Alabama make any adjustments, blah, blah, blah. But right. just, right. just him and Worthy had a connection from, from the, from the snap, you know, they were, they did. Yeah, and, and that's what we're Texas fans are hoping to see if they can, you know, rekindle that spark quickly too. And then, I, you know, I want to see Whittington working the, the deep middle of the field. And then same with, uh, JT Sanders, a tight end. Here's the deal, right? And of course, that opens up the the running game for Bijan too, if that's the case. So I don't know if they're going to try to come out, establish the run first, or just start, you know, hitting some deep shots and then go to the run once the defense has started to drop back. So we'll I, see I, how it goes. It's a matchup. It's a it, it, it it's it's a really it it's a really nice matchup. Um, I say it's an, it's not a good matchup, but it's an intriguing matchup because. The threats that Texas does provide are are really spread out. It's not all, you know, all receiver or all run game or you know, it's a it's a real balanced attack when it's when it's rolling. To me, the defensive line and the status of Billy Bowman are the biggest question marks because Harrington, and you don't know if it was Harrington, right? He's the safety, so. It didn't look good when Harrington was in against TCU. For the record, not a lot looked good. But you wonder if you had Bowman, if things would have been a little more um, clean and tidy. Also, Bowman has the ability to just make some plays. And yeah, He's a dynamic athlete. And again, I think for the PFF, Pro Football Focus, I think they have Billy Bowman ranked as a top cover coverage player in the whole conference so far this season. So. Really? Yeah. yeah. You know, really good, man. we just didn't have any of those, but you know, I, again, that TCU game was just so weird, but you know, he, he's created some of the turnovers that we've had. You know, that's the other thing I would is Oklahoma hasn't created any turnovers in two games. Nothing can change this game in the cotton bowl quicker for either side, either one of us, because Gabriel hasn't all had a ton of turnovers either. So, but nothing can change the any, any yet for game. yeah. So nothing can change the tenor of this game quicker than a turnover or a score on special teams. Either one of those, and it could really flip the script for this game either way. But Billy Bowman is is my big question mark. Here's the thing: offensively for Oklahoma, there is starting to ebb some optimism that Gabriel actually gets the start in this game. Are you seeing the same things I'm seeing? I am seeing that. I I saw the video that OU posted, and just in the background, you can see Gabriel there in pads. So um, I haven't heard anything about how much he practiced, if he was a full participant, or what if he was just out to the side throwing, what that looks like. But I know Texas is preparing for Gabriel. So well, yeah, because our other guys aren't worth a flip. I prepare for Gabriel too. So here's the thing, though, Kevin. Do you what do you know in terms of? And maybe you don't know any of it, but in terms of the concussion protocol, if he was knee deep in the protocol, right? If he was still feeling symptoms, he wouldn't have pads on, would he? You know, I'm not sure how that works as far as how you dress when it comes to practice. You know, again. It was a quick video, and it, he was just in the background. It wasn't focused on him at all, but he was just in the video, and he appeared to be wearing pads. So, 
I know. Well, it's, I, I think you can clear the protocol within six days. Is what, what I've heard. I don't know for sure, but I mean, there is definitely a pathway to him returning and playing on Saturday. Well, I, I this is not. I am not advocating that Oklahoma rushes him back. I have been pretty firm in the fact that I don't think he's going to play, and I don't know if this video changes it or not. He does give us the best opportunity to win the game. Um, oh, no doubt. Not the version we saw at TCU. If it's the version we ta- saw at TCU, it doesn't matter who's playing quarterback, if that's the level of play we get. But if nothing else, just to have to respect the fact that this kid can make some throws, that would really, really help out our running game. Help out Eric Gray. Help out Javante Barnes. Marcus Major still looks like he's got a high ankle sprain. That's- have you heard anything about Eric Gray? I mean, he left the game injured. I haven't heard anything. I'm just wondering if Dude, Oklahoma, okay? Oklahoma is locked down. I have scoured Twitter. I have scoured comments, comment sections. I have, I've uh, checked with sources at the radio station. I'm getting nothing on any of these injuries. Not that I'm some insider. I mean, I'm just, you know, we've always been open and honest about that. I'm a fan first. But at the same time, dude, I haven't heard anything. Um, I, I don't know. I'll tell you. I mean, we've talked about the injury list, but between Gabriel Marcus Major, Billy Bowman, Wanya Morris. If Eric Gray is banged up, um, Javante Barnes, I think, can get the job done. But he's a freshman, too. You know, he's a freshman, he too. And you get rocked and you lose the ball trying to make an extra play. Again, the turnovers are going to kill you in this game. They're absolutely going to kill there you. Is any player, if there's any position that you would trust a freshman in. Running back. I, I would, yeah, it would be the running back. It'd be running back. Oklahoma has historically had good play from their freshmen and running backs in this game. I mean, you look at Adrian Peterson, you look at um, DeMarco Murray. We've had some very good productive runs with freshman with freshman running backs. So I agree that that I, – and I said it – I think I don't know if I said it yesterday or two days ago. Uh, if – what a win looks like for Oklahoma, a win looks like Javante Barnes or Eric Gray either or having plus 150 yards on the ground. Like I think it's a have to happen. Regard and that's and Kevin, that's regardless of who the quarterback is. I don't even care if it's Gabriel. We have to have a productive run game to even open up some of those passing lanes for Gabriel. Yeah, it all starts with the running game, with really with most offenses, but especially the way that um Levy's offense is set up. Um, defensively, any injuries on your end? And no, you know what do you think your game plan is going to be after you've seen you you've seen your guys play five games? I mean, are you what are you anticipating from your defense? Yeah, I'm expecting them to, you know, sell out to stop the run first and foremost. Um, stop if it's Gray, stop him from getting to the edge. He he does well when he gets out there, and um, you know, so far the defensive line has held up well against really everybody on their schedule. Right? Um, the Tech game was weird because if you look at the averages, they were you know three yards a carry. Just different when you run a hundred plays. You know, yeah. actually, you know what I mean. So. They actually weren't horrible, as horrible as you would think that they were against Texas Tech. So the D-line has held up well. So they're hoping they can hold up against the uh, the inside run game. And then once, you know, that'll set up the play action, hopefully they can get pressure without having to blitz, leaving those guys to cover the receivers, especially Mims, because Texas fans know exactly what that dude is about from last year. Um, special teams. Oklahoma has the advantage with punter. I'm very comfortable with saying that. I think Turk is a heck of a no, punter. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah. Um, I don't know enough about our kicker still. I mean, you know, I, he just hasn't been put in a position where he's had to come with a big clutch kick. Who's rolling out your field goal and kicking game right now? All right, so they got a, a new kicker this year. Dick was gone. Kid named Burt Auburn. You'll rec- you'll see his hair, so you can't miss him once you see him. Once you see him, you'll, you'll remember this kid for the rest of his career. He's been really good. I think Texas fans are really nervous about how the kicking position would look because Dick has been there, you know, for four years. When this kid came out. He's the one to hit the field goal, the, the clutch field goal to give them the lead um, against Alabama in the fourth quarter with like a minute okay. or so left in the game. He also hit the field goal to send the Tech game to overtime. Remember they um, yeah. got the you know two deep shots down the field, got in the field goal range, kick comes right off the bench and hits a, a 49-yard field goal to send the game in overtime. So he's actually been way better than any Texas man could have imagined so far. So we actually feel pretty comfortable with the kicker if it were to come down to a, a field goal situation. I'm telling you, man. Punter, I- new punter, too. He's okay. Digger was a punter, too. Kid named Daniel Trejo is a punter. He's done a pretty good job so far. So so far, so good. Sounds Not like as good a soccer, as Turk, though. Turk, sounds, Turk is really good. Sounds like a soccer kid from San Antonio. Where's he from? You know? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know where he's from. He was at um, I think Houston Baptist or somewhere oh, okay. university. Yeah, and, and hit the portal and that name that's the starting job. That name sounds like every name of every kid I went to uh, HB Zachary <laughs> Middle School with in San Antonio was Danny Trejo. Go. Um Listen, I want to transition here to something a little bit more important than the game plan. I don't know about you. I am looking forward to a corn dog. I know that is like vanilla ice cream, and I know people are like, oh, come on, drink. No, dude, listen, I got to get me a Fletcher's, and I go looking for it right away, right freaking away. That's first thing I eat. If you're a hater on that, you know, you got to understand, it's a once-a-year thing, right? I don't know you to eat corn dogs at other times, but you have to stay fair, man. You got to get a Fletcher's. You got to have one. There's I'm not going to be there, but I know you'll be there. You'll be headed down tomorrow. So are you going to hit the fair tomorrow or, or is this all going to oh, be on Saturday morning? No, no, no. Saturday morning. Yeah. No, okay. No, no, no. Um, the cool part about uh, being a part of the OU alumni club where we're staying is we're staying downtown in the Omni and you can buy uh, coupons at the hotel for the state fair. So you don't have to stand in two lines. Um, so that's, that helps the, uh, getting to the food faster. I'll tell you, one of my traditions, if we win is, you know, that the, the ginormous entryway into the cotton bowl that I think is on the West side of the cotton bowl. And it's just huge. And that's so packed after the game. But if yeah. you come out of that entrance and you're walking straight out and you can somehow get through all of that. There's a food stand on the right, and it's one of those generic food stands. It looks like it's been there for years with, like, the blue and the white, right? It's nothing mm-hmm. fancy. It's not one of the new name ones, but they always have uh, what I like to call San Antonio-style gorditas. And I always okay. I always jump on that, dude. I get me a chicken and a pork, and I freaking love them. They're really good. I usually try to save coupons up for the last one because you know this. Oklahoma's Oklahoma doesn't have bad Mexican food. It really doesn't, but it doesn't have like it, you can't get a good gordita anywhere in this state. Yeah, that's a South Texas thing. That is Generally. a listen. The puffy with the puffy uh, yeah. flour tortilla, or oh my gosh, dude, I I love gord and I. So I'm already thinking about that right now. Now my wife, you know, she'll get the list like what to eat. And she'll map out the map of where we're gonna go, and you know, I'm like, that's hey, an I important wanna- role though. I mean, that's you know. For her to take that on, to me, that's important because, man, 
there's some crazy stuff there down there you can find. So dude, shout out she, to Alice for uh, taking that on. She will get all, she love dude. Listen, she she loves all of it. She'll she'll go all out on the food scene just to try to figure out something different that nobody. She likes to have the stuff that nobody else is eating. What I keep telling her is when they have that list, everybody's trying that, but she doesn't care. She loves it all. Uh, I'll tell you the the funnest and yet um, most painful food item or drink item I I ever found was before the 2008 game. I was still young enough to want to drink beer pretty decently before the game, right? Which, you know, whatever. You're having a anyway, kick on too. 11 a.m. 11 a.m. kickoff. And mm-hmm. I get we get there early, like eight o'clock. And I I found funnel cake beer. Funnel cake beer. It, it was really sweet. And it had on the rim was um powdered sugar. Oh okay. my god, dude. Listen, I and with when you paired it with a funnel cake, oh, oh it was fantastic. I might have had three funnel cakes and three funnel cake beers, and I'm a lightweight. And by halftime of the 2008 game, I had the most rip-roaring headache I've ever had in my life because sweet beer, I can't imagine anything actually giving somebody a headache faster. You know what I mean? You could, Yeah. yeah it, it, I could have taken the hit that Gabriel took last week and not got a headache as fast as I got from this you know, sweet beer, but it, it tasted so good going down. Sub, you know, suffice it to say, I haven't had a beer before the game since. I usually grab one after a win. That's that you just have to. I grab one after a win. Yeah. Oh man, we're going down tomorrow morning, but the BBP is still going to tape a show tomorrow morning. Kevin and I will have our picks. We're going to have our final thoughts on the game. We're going to round out Red River Shootout Week in style on October seventh in the morning. But Kevin, any last thoughts on October sixth? No, nah, man, it's just, we're excited that it's so close. Starting to get really excited, man. It's, Dude, it, was, it was a little bit rough early in the week. It's like, man, the weekend needs to get here. We're getting close now. I think, so I'm, one, I'm getting really excited. One more one more quick story. Uh, I went to Dick's, and I was not planning on buying any OU gear. Um, and then my daughter's with me. They're on fall break, and I'm like, oh, forget it. I, bu- I bought them a shirt and me a shirt, and – Jeffrey's a shirt, his girlfriend's shirt, and I'm checking out. And they're like, "Oh, you're going down to the game? Yep, I'm going down to the game. We're talking about traffic." I'm like, "It's here. It is here." Just when the checkout it. girl, when the checkout girl at Dick's is when we're talking about traffic, and she's talking about which way she goes and which way I'm going to go, and all this stuff. I'm like, we're, "We are, we are on the the precipice." Yeah, it's time. Oh, I'm so excited. It's time. Yeah. All right, man. Uh, we'll talk tomorrow. Boomer. All right, hook him.